Like a diamond. Wow, nailed it. Welcome to No Worries If Not. I'm Aaron. That was perfect. I'm Andrew. Why? Do you know why I sang that? I Andrew do. Andrew Stanley? The listeners might not know yet, but I know. Why? Um, Fred, our guest today, is the gemologist who sold me the diamond and ring for my engagement. And on this podcast, I think we've learned from some of the feedback we've gotten is that our listeners like to learn. And so I was like, Fred, would you do our podcast and he was like yeah i'd love to tell people about how diamonds and gems and stuff works and he's got a bunch of interesting stories so we had a ton of fun talking to him i wonder if our listeners like to learn or they feel bad for us and just are glad we're learning yeah just like it seems like you guys really need to learn (laughs) yeah so we're willing to encourage that I mean, I, I feel good about my Rihanna rendition. Do you do you know any songs with Diamond in the title? I just have like five in my head. Well, there's the Neil Diamond, the artist. That's good. Yeah, but I can't think of any of his songs. What are his famous songs? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I more just know him as a reference than like his actual body of work. That's true. Yeah, I'm Saving Silverman. Do you remember that old comedy movie? I never saw it. With Jack Black and they were in Steve Zahn. Jason Biggs, they were uh, in a Neil Diamond cover band, and it was very funny. <laughs> they were diamonds in the rough. Jack Black in any cover band just makes me laugh conceptually. It's true. Um, well, Aaron, what would we be doing if we didn't start off with an advertisement? Yeah, we gotta pay, we gotta pay for our, our houses somehow. Yeah, this this podcast room doesn't pay for itself, right? That's for sure. Why don't uh, Why don't you take this one? I would love nothing more. <sighs> when you hear the word tough. What do you think of? Probably a shirtless Sylvester Stallone, right? Maybe a Ford truck. A single mother, perhaps? All of those things may be tough, but they ain't got nothing on our product. Our product is tough as nails. Toenails, that is. Introducing Toenail Life Armor. It's armor for your life, made from real toenails. In this journey, we call life... (laughs) Every one of us has paused and thought or said aloud... Darn, I wish my toenails covered and protected more parts of my body instead of just the tips of my whittle toes with the W. That's the exact purpose of Toenail Life Armor. We protect more of your body with more toenails than your body naturally provides. The process is simple. This one's long. The process is simple. We collect unwanted toenails from willing donors who wish to recycle their fresh clippings, and then we make a bunch of pants and shirts out of them. And now... For some testimonials. My son used to get beat up all the time at school. <laughs> the teachers were no help, and I didn't know where to turn. Then I, I learned about toenail life armor. I sent my Nicholas into the seventh grade, covered head to toe in toenail clothing, and now the other kids don't bother him at all. He says they don't even talk to or go near him. Thanks, toenail life armor. 
Okay, so that one said use different voice, and I did kind of an old woman voice, and now this next one says use very old woman voice. Yes, yeah, so just go older, I guess. But this they're not supposed to know it's not you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Old- oh, oh, wait, the old woman just walked in. Here she is Oh, now. here she is. Hi, I'm a 107-year-old woman. <laughs> really good. My weak hands are always dropping this cool internet phone my great-grandson gave me. <laughs> the screen was so cracked... It was starting to look like the top of my hands. Then I heard about toenail life armor telephone cases. I still drop my phone sometimes, but I know it'll be fine because it's protected by tough, tough toenails. Wow. Thanks for those powerful stories, gang. No Worries If Not is proud to partner with Toenail Life Armor. Protect yourself against life with life's toughest toenails. Wow, that, that second voice was something else. Yeah, thanks, Gertrude. Thanks for coming. Yeah, see you guys later. Thanks for coming. Wow. Thank you, Toenail <clears throat> Life Armor, for sponsoring this episode. Um, that product was brought to my attention by my friend Jackson Adams, so friend, oh. friend of the show. Thank you, Jackson, for, for yeah. connecting us there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't get over that second voice that that, that old lady did. I didn't know that... Um, that we had that at our disposal. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it can either sound like an old lady or an old Jewish man. It felt like she was from the Northeast, somewhere. Somewhere, it's yeah. kind of Bronxish. It's too bad she's gone. We could have asked. I her. know, darn. Um, <laughs> um, well, how's uh, how's everything been going? Everything's been good. Still, you know, becoming the TikTok noise guy. Speaking of, I want to throw something out at you. Mm-hmm just to see if it affects you like it's affected me over the years. I just remembered this video, and so I want to play it. You're going to play me a video? Oh. Ju- nope. Stop doing the metronome. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see if you enjoy this. All right? This is some of my favorite sounds in music. Okay. I'm sure you'll like it, too. Do I need to watch it? No. Oh, just listen. What is people have too much time on their hands? All right, there's too many. There's too many people. There, <laughs> that there's there a person that has time to do that. That means we have too many. Yep. Okay. So that was uh, never. I'm not gonna kill the guy. That was never, never gonna hit those notes. Is on YouTube. Never um, gonna hit those notes. Yeah, that's my um, friend Julian Solomita mm-hmm. showed me that a few years ago, and we cry laughed on a bus. Yeah. That's the only context I'm gonna give there. Uh, and I just thought of it again today. So, Andrew, I just wanted to share that with you and our wonderful accountability partners. That was a great... Yes, our accountability partners. Uh, that was a great show and tell. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. I'm sorry. I didn't bring anything to show or two. Well, let's tell. Tell me about your week. Um, good week. Lots of shows. That's been really good. Um, I uh, the, big, the, big, the funny thing that happened to me this week, Anna and I went to go get um, like chair back massages the other day what is what do you mean chair back massages there's this massage place not far from my house where you can go they do like reflexology where you can get like foot massages but they also do just like a you get on one of those chairs and they just give you like a back massage so you're not fully laying down you're just like leaning forward a little bit. yeah just like a 30 minute yeah you're leaning forward cool and um 
I know I've talked on here about how Anna is not a no worries if not person. She's a some worries if so. Um, and that was um, that was shown at this massage because oh no, have you? I didn't know you could do this. Um, but she and I are in chairs next to each other, and he's you know they're giving us a couple's massages. chair massage. Yeah, it was a couple's chair. There were two other empty chairs in there that other people could have had if they had scheduled appointments, but. It was just us. Were you all facing each other? Are you like no nose to nose? No, just in the same area. Okay. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear Anna go, um, "Can we do something else?" Oh, whatever they were doing. To whatever the guy was doing, she was just like, I, "This is not." I'm over this. She sent back a massage. <laughs> a few minutes later, she goes, "I think I'm good," and she sent the guy away. It was amazing. Whoa! And then she. Wait, how, then, how many minutes in? Like probably ten minutes in into a thirty-minute yeah, and then they just sent her another guy that did great. Can you? What would it have taken for? I think that the guy could have given me a wet willy in my ear, <laughs> and I would have just been like, "I guess this is part of it." I yeah, just won't oh, say anything. For sure. Like the, I, I don't think there's anything they could have done to me where I would have been like, "Can you stop doing this?" Oh, they could break a vertebrae, and I'd be like, "Yeah, um, th- thank you." Yeah. A little bit of background to let Anna off the hook a little bit. This is a guy she had had before, and one time he, um, she recognized him when he came in, and one time, like a year ago, he like sweated on her, oh. like a drip of sweat fell off of his forehead and like landed on like her neck or something, and so I think she already was like feeling weird. They're bonded. He imprinted on her. Yeah. So as soon as it started just <laughs> not being a great massage, she was just like, "Can we just get someone else?" Yeah. And I was, I've never been more impressed and upset at the same time. Oh. Because I didn't even know that was an option. I don't like, I don't even like when doctors touch me. Like, I, <laughs> it's what they went to school for. It's, they, they want to, like, it's their job. And I, I apologize every time. I've gotten one massage in my life. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. I know it's. Yeah. You feel like, I'm sorry, you got to touch me. Exactly. <laughs> when they like, stethos, a doctor stethoscope up my shirt, I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is not. For yeah. you, I'm so they're just like I went to school for this. This is what I choose to do. It's right. okay. And if they have they have a degree or certification, cert what certification? Yeah, cert- yeah. They have a certificate yeah. that says they know what they're doing. I'm not going to correct them, even if I know it's wrong. No, I would never. I could never do that. But oh, I was. Man. I thought it was great. The guy was not doing a good job. Did he say anything? He was kind of upset. I think he went in the uh, to like the lobby area, and he was like, "She says she doesn't want any more massage." And then he kind of left, and then Anna went out there and talked to the front desk lady. And then I'm just ha- I just have my head down the whole time. I didn't even get up to be like, "Can I help?" I was just like, "I'm just gonna listen to how this plays out because my massage was going great." Good. Well, that is the opposite of relaxation. It was for you. So, I was so stressed. I think my guy noticed. He was like, "Did something happen?" I was like, "Yeah, a lot has happened since we started this." Wow. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. so the opposite that I went to Taco Bell on the way over here uh-huh. and just not full dinner, just not, it's like <laughs> 2.5 meal, not fourth meal. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I just got, I ordered two soft tacos, no lettuce. Mm-hmm. Of course I got them. Guess what's in it? So much lettuce. And horse meat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also- and I looked at it and I was like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm just going to eat it. Did you pick it out? Also, it feels bad because it's, they made it healthier. Yeah. It's, not, it's not healthy. Hey, can it's you healthier. Get, hey, excuse me. Would you mind taking out the one thing that has any redeeming? Yep, exactly. So <laughs> I felt too bad, value. and I didn't. I didn't do anything. So that's my life. That's every day of my life, right there. Yeah, Anna would have been like, I don't know. I am gonna burn this place down. 
Yeah. I want to see your manager, and they're going to pick out every piece of lettuce with their teeth. She would have burnt the place to the ground. She would have. <laughs> she said, can I get a different taco assembler, please? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get more of that absorbed into me. Well, I mean, you just signed up for a lifetime of living yeah, with it. I don't really have to even stand up for myself anymore because I think she will. Is that healthy? <laughs> I think so. That seems healthy. That's great. Yeah. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, then I traveled all over, got to do stand-up the last week, and uh, it's been been fun. Fun. When yeah. are, um, we always forget to do this. When are some shows coming up that people can go to? Some shows coming up for me. Um, Monday, Tuesday, August 9th and 10th, I'll be at Zany's in Nashville. I'm doing spots on their um, new material shows and Zany's All-Stars. August 13th, Atlanta Brewing. August 14th, Bedford, Indiana at the Schaefer Auditorium. Whoa. It'll be fun. That's Sounds a big, big show. I'm doing the doing an hour. Um, What's the, is it an event? Yeah. It's like a, just a big event. They reached out. They're like, you want to come do an event? And I was like, yeah. What is the event? You can't just say an event. It's just a comedy night. Oh. It's just me. It's like the city put it on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so big time. Being a, a big, big boy headliner show. Cool. Um, and then the next night, I'm going to be in Indianapolis doing a fun show. You can um, Instagram message me about that if you're in Indianapolis on the 15th. Um, and August 17th, Broken Anchor Winery in Ackworth, Georgia. That is so many. Those are the ones people can come to. Wow, and that's literally, yeah, just the next two weeks. That's awesome. Got some private ones, too, that no one can even know about. They're that private. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Exclusive. Yeah, don't ask me. All right, I think we're about ready to get into the episode. Yes, and for this episode, we had a guest in the studio. Oh, we did. Oh, I get two guests. Well, we, like, we, yeah, well, we had our real guest, mm-hmm. and then our uh, friend, former comedian, now retired, uh, <laughs> Mandel. He's on hiatus. He's on hiatus. He's yeah. going to come back. But he um, he was hanging out, so you, he, uh, you do, we do get a question from the audience at one point, so if you guys hear someone that doesn't have a microphone asking a question, that's our buddy, very good buddy, Mandel. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, this one's uh, this one's fun. It's all about all about stones. If you want to learn about stones, gems, what a gemologist does, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and me being just kind of dumb, of course I ask the questions. You're already thinking: Has he seen uncut gems? Did he see blood diamond? Like what's yeah? You know, well, I, uh, the Bachelor, Neil Lane. I yep. talk, I ask all the hard hitting questions. Make sure to listen out for that. Yep, it's a lot of good stuff. So please enjoy this interview with Fred Dollar. Fred Dollar, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's my pleasure. It is not your first time to my house, though. No. No. If you, what was it, two, three months ago, I invited you to come over. I said, Fred, I'm afraid I'm in love, and I got to buy a diamond, and I know you're the guy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> how, I tried to talk you out of it. Yeah. How did, how did that go? How did Andrew stack up to most of your clients? Was he confident in know what he wanted? Was his budget on the upper scale? I want all yeah, the details. We don't talk. We don't even not talk exact about that. budget. No, we don't talk budget. <laughs> HIPAA mm. violation. It's a, that is a HIPAA violation. That's exactly right. <laughs> but on this, on the scheme, if there's a degree of difficulty, Andrew, on a scale of one to ten, was a one being the easiest. Yeah. To oh, man. deal with client wise, that probably means I should have negotiated better. <laughs> that's true you should have people ever yeah. try to negotiate it, with you it, when you say a price 
it means that you're not a doctor or an engineer. Yeah, <laughs> those are the stressful clients. Those <laughs> the red flags when they give you a call. They're just very um, particular and yeah. meticulous, and they want to know things that most people get lost on. I get yeah. that. I was just like, is this one good? And he was just like, yeah, this one's good. I was like, all right. It's old. Sign, yeah. sign right here. And we had, we had stones to compare to. Gotcha. Yeah. And Fred, we, I was joking earlier, but you know, we had our friend Tim, a sommelier on one of these a few weeks ago and he brought us wine to try. So I was like, Oh, Fred better bring us some diamonds to have as a gift to us. And sure enough, right when you walked in, you pulled two big old diamonds (laughs) out of your bag and gave them to Aaron and I as gifts. I'm talking like, like golf ball size. These are the size of the top of a Coke can diamond um is that a good reference yeah, weird weird reference that's yeah. fine uh what is this so for conversation um if we get technical into stones i can point at this and say this is what i'm talking about and you're holding probably a 500 carat stone but it's actually faceted lead glass paperweight <laughs> so it's not so, valuable at all <clears throat> it did yeah it, i i swallowed deeply when he pulled it that, well, that's it's like, oh, we shouldn't yeah, have that I like, that's, in mm, my, I don't like that. In my professional opinion, these are not real <laughs> you, you don't have to put them under the magnifying glass to be like... <laughs> yeah, these are like uh, the ones you would dive for at the bottom of a pool or something. But thank you very much for the gesture. Yep. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's it's a good conversation piece. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's literally what podcasts are. Just every, every guest should bring, bring us a gift. Is what a show I, and tell. I really think yeah. a show and tell. Show and tells are the best. So Fred, when people ask what you do, how do you describe it? So my, the bulk of my business is getting people engaged, uh, getting them anniversary things, getting them birthday jewelry, all of this being jewelry, and um, a lot of appraisal work. Yeah. So... Right, so you're somebody comes to you like I did, says I want to get engaged. You're like, all right, let's see what your options are. Somebody wants to or have already gotten engaged, gotten married, and that you're their gym person, so they'll say, oh, we need a birthday gift. What do you recommend? And sometimes people just call you in to say, how much does this? Oh, I left the get me out of the doghouse category too. Oh, for is, sure. A lot, of, a, lot, a, lot of over, a lot of overlap there. Sometimes engagements are get me out of the doghouse. <laughs> I guess I got to buy a ring. Yeah, those are um, after you've been married. Fred, help yeah. me. <laughs> Fred, what can I do? And you're like, well, what did you do? And I can <laughs> exactly. tell you what is it enough of an apology. That's right. Your yeah. clients get in fights with their spouses, and it's good for business. That's correct. Good. So you're just fanning the flames of <laughs> couples that are in turmoil. If I can get her to just say one more thing, that's it. We'll, that's we'll put it. another comment in there. That's but um, you called me and and you know said you were in the process of looking and really I've, I've been doing this 42 years that the thing I think I do different is I'm a gemologist before I'm a salesman. And so for guys, it's really awkward to know nothing about what they're going to buy and then um, have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) 
on something we don't know. Like we yeah. have to, I had to trust you. Like I had to be like, Fred, tell me what this is worth. And then you're just like, yeah, so you're somebody's educator and salesman all in one. Right. That's a lot of trust. With emphasis on education, because do you feel like you understand what you paid for? I mean, at the very surface level, but yeah. If you had wanted to, you could have stolen that all that money from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I he, knew, he knows what he needed to know. Yeah. I knew what I felt. I feel like I did enough homework to where if you, t- to where I, no one could be that mad at me if, if you stole from me. They'd be like, well, <laughs> did you check this? I'd be like, I checked the bare minimum, but he's a family friend, so it felt right. Yeah, there the stakes are high, too. Like, it's getting my oil changed, and they come up and say, hey, you also need this fixed, yeah. and it's going to be another $100. They do not try to teach you like Fred does. Right. But it's also like if that happened, they're like, okay, it's an extra 18 grand. You know, yeah. it's a different feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure know. you, yeah, you, you encounter people like that that think they're, you know, they don't know what they want and they have a just a completely wrong mindset going into it. The, the thing that I get most often, which is really funny, is a guy will come in and he'll go, you know, I need to get engaged. And I, and I ask, what stone what does she want? And, and he'll go, well, she wants, um, she wants a round stone, but I'm, I want to get her a marquee. <laughs> she told me what she wants, but I'd like to go yeah. another direction. Oh, no. and, and this is when I want to grab him by the collar <laughs> and go, let me explain something here. Get her what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had the benefit of, I remember you came over and said, what is, what did you know what she, do you have any idea what she wants? And I said, oh, I have, I know everything that she wants. <laughs> Anna, Anna made it easy on me. She made a folder in my phone with pictures, diagrams, <laughs> drawings, dem- you know, every possible detail, every question I could kind of have, Wow. she addressed in this folder. And she left some room for me to make decisions. She was like, I don't want to, I want you to at least be able to have a preference here or there. But I didn't have to guess about anything, which made it easier. That's correct. It me. did make it easy for you. And, and that's really kind of the way ladies are doing it these days and it it makes your job easier it makes my job easier she she did give you a, a it was rounds or cushion cuts right right, right? she gave me a cup she's like you can choose between these two things well listen it? that narrows it that makes it very easy for me to focus on stones that you need to look at to stay in your budget right as opposed to being all over the charts and us spending a lot more time looking at something that you don't need to know in the end. Yeah. So it worked out great. Well, between having her and you and my mom involved, I felt really comfortable with all the decisions <laughs> I was making. But like, like, let's assume for a minute that you're a reliable, honest guy. That's big. <laughs> I know. I know. We maybe will come back and be like, why did we go down this route? Uh, but people in your industry, there is some dishonesty that goes on, just like in every industry, right? And I'm sure you see that a lot as you're talking with people that are looking at different options. Yeah, uncut, are there people, uncut gems. Yeah, we've all right. we've yeah. All, it's mostly what we want to talk to you about is that movie. But like, is <laughs> there a lot of dishonesty? I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> is there a lot of dishonesty in the industry overall? Um, yeah, there is. There, there's a lot of gray area that you can legally play. And when you, when a diamond is based on the four C's, cut, color, clarity, carat weight, then there's really a lot more to it than that. And, um, and there's an, it's an industry based on opinion. Okay. Yeah. And if I sell you 
an H color stone, but it's not an H color, it's an I color, you, you cannot sue me, you can sue me, but you won't win because the Federal Trade Commission ruled a long time ago, you know, that you could, it's an industry based on opinion. So there was, this is going back like 30 years, 40 years, um, really before GIA became the force that it is, the Gemological Institute of America that, that issues grading reports. So that takes the opinion out of it because they are the bomb. They're the they, standardized. They are, at the, at the top of the mountain, the most respected grading report on the planet, period. And that's why you didn't want me to look at that for mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you why. gave me that immediately. You said, here's the stone, here's <clears throat> the GIA report. Well, if you remember what I said was, if, if you're going to look at stones, we have to look at stones that are GIA graded. Because if you bring in um, other grading reports, the standard is not the same. So... We're not comparing apples to apples. So I ended up going to, um, to California, to Santa Monica, which is where GIA was back in the 80s. And it was the smartest move I ever did, not even knowing back then how smart it was. And, and I can't take the credit for it. Someone else told me, you have to, you have to go. Yeah. Or you're going to get eaten alive in this industry. <laughs> so, so you said, if you really want to do this, you got to go to this specific institute, yeah. get certified, and then come back and you can, you can be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. When did that start for you? Like when everyone was playing basketball, were you on your hands and knees digging up rocks as a kid? Like what? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. So when I was a kid, I would come home with so many rocks in my pockets that my pants would not stay up. I've just always loved <laughs> rocks. Okay? All right. Big rock and, guy. And whenever I'd, go anywhere, I'd always bring home a rock. I'd, and then um, I never really thought about it until I was in college and my roommate, um, one time we were making plans for the weekend, which involved money yeah. for partying. <laughs> and um, he unfolds these papers that he got from a pack from Brazil. And I'm looking at this very suspiciously going, what are you doing, man? And he unfolds these papers and there are gemstones in there. And he goes, I don't have any money, but I've got to sell these and then we'll have money. It's like the beginning of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, feels kind of uncut gemsy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and, we don't and, have money, but I did get these let's stones. Let's pawn it. Yeah. got to sell these stones. And then he said, help me sell them. And I'm, and I'm ADD guys. I love shiny objects. Okay. Yeah. And here before me, are shiny objects that are amazing, all right? And he's going, can you help me sell this stuff? And I'm sure, what is it? And he goes, this is what it is, this is what you sell it for, and this is what you make. And I was hooked, okay? And that wow. was five years before GIA. Yeah, this is college? This is while I was in college. So was he trying to get you to sell them to other college students? Because I was just trying to think about going around the dorm room. And you guys want some, you guys want to spend yeah. thousands of dollars on these diamonds? I just want a natty light, dude. It's like, no, I have ten dollars. I want a diamond. Chill out. Yeah. You don't have beer? No, I have stones. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. But, yeah. you know, you start with your friends and your family. and, and um, yeah, It's like Cutco knives. I'm just kidding. Exactly. That's what they do when they train you for the Cutco knives. I think they're like, hey. Uh, do you have any family members? Because that's a good place to start. That's it. It's because it works. And then what happened was, um, 
somebody asked me, hey, can you get me a diamond for an engagement ring? And this guy, his family was not in the diamond business. They were in colored, colored stones. Mm. And so I hit a wall. And um, I asked, what I, was, I would do is I would take the stones to Bailey Banks and Biddle and have them appraise them. Okay, and that was a pedigree to sell. People knew what they were getting because a graduate gemologist put a value on it. Right. And um, I asked this guy, I said, hey, man, I need to get a diamond for somebody. And he directed me to um, a gentleman who's now retired, but he was a diamond manufacturer. And he was also a graduate of GIA. And so over the next two or three years, I started having a diamond source. And finally, he sat me down one day. And he said, man, you got to go. You got to go to GIA. And I said, what's GIA? Yeah. I knew what the credential was, you know. Well, why do you say that? Because he could just tell you were good at it and you had something? Yeah. He said, he said you, you know, you can... You can move diamonds. You, 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 you sell, you're selling. <laughs> you got the gift, kid. <laughs> you, have a, you got the gift. And you, you have a passion for it. Yeah. And um, what I had learned during that time was it's a happy business. You know, everything's a, a gift or it's based on love or, or occasionally forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. Get me out of the dog. Both house, good but. qualities. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a, a casket salesman. Yeah. yeah. It's the opposite of a funeral home director, right? Yeah. Right. And so I'm also a, a you know, a preacher's kid. That yeah, we'll, heard of them. <laughs> you've heard of them. And, um, so the rest is history. You know, I, I, it was the hardest thing I ever did um, because I was the, I think I was the only one in the Institute at the time that was not either corporately sponsored or in the family business. Oh, so like these companies that already had employees would send their people from to go all get over these, the world, but you were just an individual and I'm just this country boy from South Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And you, and it was in Santa Monica. Yeah, so it was about as far of a trip it's a as culture you can shock make. too, a little bit. Very much so. Yeah, I'd never been to California, and I thought, man, if I can, if I can accomplish two things, if I can get my graduate gemologist diploma and learn to surf, <laughs> yeah, did you I'll do, be gold. Did you learn to surf? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so at, at GIA, you have a lab partner, and um, you you do the way they did it back then was. Four hours of lecture in the morning, four hours of lab in the afternoon. The mm-hmm. lab killed me because, you know, everything's scientific and memorization is just really hard. And, and my lab partner also didn't know how to surf, but he was from Northern California, actually. And um, he goes, man, let's do it. So <laughs> so after your lab, after looking at gemstones for four hours, trying to diagnose them. actually we were blown by the end of the day we would we would go we would get up at four thirty or five o'clock in the morning oh you'd go early go i guess that was, yeah it was just your cargo shorts full of rocks <laughs> surfing out there i learned that you cannot surf with rocks in your <laughs> yeah you finally for the first time in your life you put down your rocks and paddled out sir <laughs> that's yeah. amazing so you passed you got certified first time you, you, passed, you passed your stones. You passed your stones <laughs> exam. So actually, it's a series of exams. and, and um, But yeah, I'm, I, I squeaked squeaked by. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah. So you moved back to Georgia. 
moved back to Georgia. I, before I left California to go to California, I got engaged and um, because I had a feeling that I might get out there and not want to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you got engaged for accountability. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's what I- I've heard that's the way to do it. What was that engagement ring like? The pressure you had to have on you? Yeah. If you're dating a gemologist and he proposes, you better have the biggest diamond. You're like, this better be exceptional. Let me me put it this way. Um, Before I met her, I had two or three years before put away a half carat stone and I'm like, got it covered. Mm -hmm. Don't have to think about diamond anymore bought it at elman's okay i don't know that what is it don't they make glue before this is the glue elmer's 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 is a long gone department's department store okay um um, once i met her once i got my credentials i was like (laughs) the elman's diamond is not gonna cut it yeah i don't think she ever ever learned about it but um well she will now Yeah. yeah there you go (laughs) <laughs> Got her, uh, upgraded her to a one carat, much nicer stone. Moving up in life. I knew, I knew about diamonds then, so. Yeah, and you have good access and get to look at a lot of stuff. That's, that's the way. For any ladies listening out there, get you a gemologist. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a Fred Dollar gemologist. Fred Dollar gemologist. Also, your name is Fred Dollar. Is there a more perfect name for a gemologist? I do, think that's pretty good. Do people ever ask you if it's fake? All the time. Yeah. Is it fake? No. There's a, a town in Scotland called Dollar Scotland, and we are traced back 800 years to Dollar Scotland. Is it spelled like spelled dollar? the same. Like dollar. Whoa. Like, I was thinking D-A-U-L-E-R, which I know a couple of those. Yeah. No. I think, I mean, you could be anything with a name like that. You could be, uh, you could work in well, the dollar store. Well, there's Johnny Cash. There's $50, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good stripper. Great stripper. musician, stripper. Yeah. All that stuff. You would not have to change your name at all. No. It's like Bob Walk, old Braves pitcher. It's perfect. Homer <laughs> Bailey is a pitcher. Homer it's Bailey. Some perfect names out there. I think I made the right choice. I think so. Doing the gemology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in your time as a gemologist, how many years have you been in the industry now? 42. 42 years. Plus. In yeah. gemology. Is that, mm-hmm. it just sounds like Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> You've been in gemology for 40 plus years. How is Robin Williams? Is he cool? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like you have to have seen some crazy stuff I would imagine I would imagine people bring in stuff for you to look at and appraise and you're just like this is not what you think it is there's stuff where people are being shady I mean we saw uncut gems it seems just like a like a crazy industry so yeah. like along your journey what have been some of the interesting things that have happened around you I got stories man one of these days I'll write a book but this is this is a good one so i have a lot of white collar clientele a lot of doctors and lawyers and executives and stuff and um after i've developed a relationship you know sometimes they'll call me and go hey got an anniversary coming up just you know let's meet right And, and so that works out and um but this lawyer that i've done business with for a while um he calls me one day and he goes, hey, man, I need a um, like really awesome tennis bracelet. And I had a really awesome tennis bracelet. It was 10 carats. Oh. A lot of money. Yeah. Okay, a lot of money. And I told him over the phone, he goes, perfect. 
Um, and um, he came and picked it up. And I said, listen, I haven't had a chance to do the appraisal. And he goes, well, don't mail it to the house. Just mail it to the office. And, you know, in the past, stuff had gone to their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, went, I went, no problem. And um, so later that day, I put a stamp on it, and out it goes to his office. And um, I don't think anything more about it. And then exactly one week later, he calls me, and he's really mad on the phone. Uh, and I said, hey, you know, everything okay? Did she like it? And he goes, I need another blankety-blank bracelet. <laughs> and I went, did she lose it? And he goes, no. <laughs> All right, so my wife comes to the office where the appraisal went, and um, but the bracelet wasn't for my wife. Yeah. It was for <laughs> oh, my mistress. No. <laughs> and my wife knows your envelope and letterhead and so she opens it she opened it you thinking it was a gift for her yeah because i had an anniversary coming up you know like a month out <laughs> serves him right so your sins will find you out so did he buy another one for his mistress so he um he had to buy another one for his wife well you have because he had already given that one to his mistress his wife just seeing a piece of paper and she hasn't received anything oh. <laughs> so that's good business for you it is you got to encourage some of these types of confusions i struggle with that you start yeah. sending stuff to the wrong address oh i didn't mean to send it to home <laughs> oh yeah can <laughs> double double <laughs> so yeah. the two- it is a business based on love sometimes love just <clears throat> making you know, i love, guess <laughs> love i don't know <laughs> So there was that one. Yeah, but he couldn't be um, mad at you. You did everything right. Yeah. I, I played it by the book, and yeah. um, I don't think they're married anymore. Yeah, that checks out. That checks what? out. It like Shocker. So great. Yeah. Also, Andrew mentioned that you have been involved with law enforcement. Yes. Um, gosh, I think it was 27 or 28 years ago, I was actually working for another company. This is before I started my own business. And they were evaluating um, jewelry evidence that was used in in crimes or confiscated, you know, from arrests being made. Yeah. And um, and being the gemologist, that stuff was put in front of me to put a value on it. And you have to you have to understand that in the criminal world, there's a lot of fake. There's a lot of counterfeit. Um, especially in drug business, organized crime, that sort of thing. And so I have to determine whether, is that a real diamond ring or is that a real Rolex or, you know, what, whatever it is. And so I started doing that. And then um, when I started my own company, they just kind of followed me. And so I've been doing that for almost three decades. And... Um, that can get crazy sometimes because you'll be working sometimes in an evidence room where there's a mountain of cocaine, (laughs) (laughs) bales of weed. You're trying to focus on like looking at this stone and it's just like contact high. All all you hear is cash machine, you know, 
counting. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking. At Aaron's about. condo, it gets pretty wild with the cash Very rich. noises. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then there's me trying to, you know, I have a portable lab I can move around and um, to test things and microscope and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah, that that in the early days it was intimidating, not so much anymore. Yeah. yeah, it feels like the stakes are really high, but I guess what, so what happens to that stuff if like you come in after they do a big drug bust and some jewels get confiscated and you're looking at them and then you say, all right, these ones are real. These ones are not real. What happens to those stones? So the real stuff, it will be seized. And, um, and you know, if that, if that person or persons is found guilty in a court of law and they, prove that that money is part of it you know mm-hmm. and usually it's part of the laundering thing or something to that effect um then it's sold at auction but then there's like julie i'd be nervous to wear one of those be like oh this used to belong to a drug dealer so <laughs> hopefully yeah. don't run into him yeah if his name is on the jewelry i don't know that you <laughs> maybe right. don't, don't buy it at auction <laughs> professional tip yeah it's like one time i um i got swindled into paying someone for parking downtown you know paid them 20 dollars. yeah and then start walking we see like three cops coming that way and they talk to them and we hear that it was you know not it was a scam um and i was there and i was like i just gave him can i get my 20 dollars back um and they gave me 400 dollars that they took off this guy what because they were arresting him and they're like he just stole all this money and we can't give it back to people so here so they, they like he took advantage of you. We'll just give you all the money. Yeah, got. and you're like, well, I shouldn't have it either. Well, there's the three <laughs> other cars, and we put their money under their windshield wiper. We didn't know what to do. I felt so weird about it, but it was, it was like that. They took it back and gave it. I'm to not the public. sure that I mean, was protocol. It wasn't. <laughs> it was like so lazy. I, think I was getting bribed for something. I was like, I didn't. I don't know. It was the best scam I've ever been a part of. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, man, you get scammed and you make three hundred and eighty dollars. That's yeah. a pretty good deal it was wonderful um i do want to ask about a few of the pop culture things and it's like uncut gems that's the first one have you seen it or do you avoid the star adam sandler yes yeah the very hectic gives you a headache i am that anti-character yeah oh i'm sure first of all i'm not in the pawn business you know i'm not in the betting business i'm not he was definitely the salesman not the expert I think he's the sleaze spurt. Yeah, the sleaze spurt. Sleaze spurt. That'll be the name of this episode. <laughs> the anti-sleaze spurt. Anti-sleaze spurt. Fred, Fred Dollar. Dollar. No, but he. What was his thing? He, um, because he was always under pressure. Was he gambling or was he? Yes, he was gambling, okay. and he would get something to pawn, but then. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the racket. Yeah. He was also but. selling something to Kevin Garnett, but Kevin Garnett was borrowing it. I don't. I can't really know. remember yeah. the movie. That pure stress. Well right so yeah, I'm not in that bi- that aspect of the business. Yeah. You never been killed by the mob. I've anything. never been killed yeah. by the mob. I don't never? own a pawn shop. And um, are there cities like in that movie? It makes it seem like New York City is a big hub for the jewel industry. Is that true? Are there cities around the world that are known for being very, very much so? So you have the Diamond District in New York. Uh. A lot of things go through Belgium. Hong, um, Thailand is a colored stone mecca, you know, for trading colored stones. 
I think people don't realize that a lot of times that the diamond world and the colored stone world are two. Yeah, they, they meet up together in a jewelry store in a finished product, but two totally different worlds yeah, yeah. and economies until it's set in something. You right. know, the, um, historically, diamonds were controlled for a very long period of time by De Beers. And then um, that started crumbling. What is De Beers? Uh, De Beers was the company that back in the 1800s centralized buying diamonds and basically became a cartel. Oh, wow. And in today's world, um, they may be controlled 30 or 35% of the diamond, the diamond market because the Russians um, have enormous resources of stones and um, other countries, Canada, Australia, still a lot out of um, Africa, several different countries in Africa. Yeah. But um, a lot of, um, what were we talking about? You can cut that part. No, we're talking about the cities, the hubs. Yeah, oh, the yeah. cities yeah. and hubs and how different areas have different amounts. You know, some places are known for diamonds. One of the things I remember you telling me when we were going through this process is that diamonds are harder to find, or natural diamonds are harder to find now more than ever because in a lot of other countries, middle classes are growing. I don't want to keep talking because I'm going to start getting it wrong, but do you know what I'm talking about? I remember that was so fascinating. Yeah, so... 30 years ago, there, was, there really was not a middle class in China or India the way there is today. And so those economies coming on the global market have put a lot more demand on diamonds. And so it's a, it's a lot more competitive game. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of been a fascinating dynamic to watch. But um, and now, and now, to further complicate things, you've got lab-grown, you know, man-made diamonds on the market now. So how does that work? And that was not an issue thirty years ago. When did man be able to start making diamonds? And they're real; they're like technically the same composition as diamonds, right? Same thing. Is that this? That what we have in front of us? No, you have, you have a simulant. It looks like a diamond, but it's not. It's a simulation, hmm. just like when you see special effects. Right. You know, it's a simulation. So this is not crystallized carbon. A diamond is crystallized carbon. Gotcha. Hmm. So some people are proposing to their girlfriends with these man-made diamonds. Correct. And may or may not disclose it. But they, they're technically diamonds, so it's fine. Yeah. Or so where do you draw the honesty line or, or does it even matter? And that's, you know, that's philosophical, but yeah. <laughs> what I'll say about it. I like it, to start a marriage with a mild lie. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. For sure. It's just a little one. Yeah, a little it, it is a diamond. It's just, it didn't come out of a mountain. It came out of a laboratory. So let, let's talk about that. Do they come out of mountains? I don't so, know. so the question I get asked a lot now is what should I buy? Should I buy a synthetic which is man-made or lab-grown diamond or should i buy a natural stone and and you know at that point i want to talk about budget and that sort of thing because everybody's different and i have no objection to selling lab-grown stones 
Um, but what I want somebody to know if they buy a lab-grown stone is over time that stone is going to depreciate in value. And I know that based on economies of scale from watching lab-grown diamond prices fall. Sure. Because there's they, no scarcity, right? They can just keep making them. They keep – anytime you get China, India, Russia, U.S., Israeli, and, you know – other European companies all involved in production, then supply and demand, you know, supply is going to overcome demand very quickly, and it right. already has. So, should you buy one? Maybe so. I sell them. Okay. Yeah. I have no problem selling them. I just want people to understand you can't trade that stone in and get more. Yeah, it's not going to be an appreciating. Correct. investment it's going to be something that's as they continue to make more and more of these it's it's not going to hold its value but it still looks pretty and is and They're, is real and they are real and that it, people have you know i've got somebody arguing with me that's in the business because fred they're not real and i'm going in a court of law they're real yeah <laughs> it's the same chemical optical physical property yeah. okay we can tell the difference whether they came out of the ground or whether they're they're cooked in a laboratory and um and then people go, well, how do you know that they're just going to keep going down? And, and I tell them, synthetic ruby, lab-grown ruby, lab-grown sapphire was first synthesized in the late 1880s. Okay, so synthetic ruby's been around for 100 years. Oh, wow, 1880s. Yep. Um, the chemist figured out the formula for corundum. That's what ruby and sapphire is. It's corundum. That's the mineral, and um, and they started producing it. And I think I told you in conversation, you know, there were no gem, quote gemologists end quote until the fifties and sixties. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. And so, my point is this: you can go buy synthetic ruby that looks like pigeon blood Burmese, which is the best on the planet. You want pigeon blood. Okay. You want that color. Okay. That's just the color. It's not it, actually it's, it's, made it's, with. How did they come up with pigeon a, blood as the it, measuring? It's a slang name for a certain color red. Okay. Okay. And it's actually based on the, the pupil of a pigeon's eye. Uh, well, okay. Just for the record. Yeah. I, I did know that actually. Now for that sure. You, now that you yeah. clarify. Um, I've had staring contests with many a pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the... You can, you can go buy synthetic ruby rings for the cheapest way to produce them. You can, you know, you can go buy an awesome ruby for uh, awesome being beautiful for a hundred or two hundred dollars. And if, um, but if you go take a, I think it was a Christie's auction that sold the world's most valuable ruby, 30 something million dollars. Gosh. It was a 25 carat stone. Sunrise, Google it. Sunrise, Chris, uh, Christie's, or Cartier. It's like the one from the Pink Panther movies, isn't it? How big is that physically? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Is that, What was the stone in the Pink Panther movies? Do you remember that? Wasn't that a big thing? I don't remember. You don't remember? You know the Steve Martin ones? I know the gro- real ones. Growing up, we watched the old ones. Peter, I don't, I what's don't, his name? I have no idea. Oh, Clouseau. Peter Sellers? No. Oh, well, the guy's name was... Was it? Okay. 
Investigator Clouseau. Sorry to look at you as if you would know Fred. But. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember names well in the. In I feel Hollywood. like in movies used to be so much more simple. It used to be all about someone trying to steal a stone, and then the good guys stopped them from stealing the stone. Yeah. And now it's all about cryptocurrency. Every so, movie. Yeah. Every movie. Every movie. Yeah. The, the most expensive ruby was the Cartier Sunrise Ruby. It was set between two stones, stone, three stone ring. Sold at Sotheby's for $30.3 million in 2015, to Saudi which comes to $1.2 million per carat. Oof. Who bought it? Any idea? Who can buy that? Somebody Kevin Garnett. That is Somebody with a lot of cash. Jeffrey on. Bezos. Goodness. Oof. Sending it to space. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't bring one of those to show me. I would have felt pretty inadequate. Right. So the difference being natural, that stone came out of the ground, Burmese, the ultimate color, the most amazing ruby you'll ever look at. And you can easily look it up online. All right. And you should. It's the Sunrise Ruby. I will be doing that. Yeah, Sunrise Ruby. And that, that was five years ago, and, you know, they still, they're still going up. Yeah, right. So if it, if it comes out of the ground, it's going to continue to grow in value. If it's man-made, it looks good, but it's going to yeah. depreciate. Do we have a question from our friend Mandel in the room? Oh, yeah. Let's get a question. I don't know if I'm doing it Do it. Have you seen Lil Uzi Vert's diamond that he had in his head? Yes, I have. Wait, who has a diamond in their head? So there's a rapper named Lil Uzi Vert. Fred, you've seen Lil Uzi Vert's diamond? In a photograph. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't peg you as a big Louis Vuitton guy. But. And it's like a million dollars. And I'm like, what? What's the procedure or something like that? What it's like a tattoo. It's like permanently so in his like head. And he can remove it or put it back in. Oh, my gosh. What's the process of something? Like, have you gotten some crazy request like that before? No, but I can tell you that's very painful. <laughs> you don't have and to the day's going to come that <laughs> he may regret that he did that. Mainly because I don't know that I'd want to be walking around with a pink diamond. Yeah. <laughs> supposedly yeah, worth seven it. figures on my forehead on the streets of... Just a Rodney billboard. Anywhere, yeah. You can't go walking to dinner anywhere. you got to always be on guard. But supposedly that is a natural stone. You know, I, I, I had to read that article <laughs> four times to go, am I dreaming... Or is this legit? Aaron, just wow. show me the picture. That is crazy. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, the other pop culture thing I wanted to bring up was The Bachelor, Neil Lane. Mm-hmm. Do you know this yes. man? Personally, do you know him? I do not know him, okay. but I have been in his store. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. The last episode of The Bachelor, he comes and lays out all the diamonds, and they have a heart-to-heart. Oh, that's kind of my only context, other He's than when you helped Andrew. It's kind of all I've really heard so about. He, yeah, great Aaron's, Aaron's great. never really been in love enough to needs anyone. Wow. So <laughs> he just kind of... Yikes, and you guys are friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For now? <laughs> yep. So I didn't know if... Obviously, that's for TV, and it's, you usually don't have to lay out all the, all the stones and then convince someone to marry the person like it's, it's very dramatic someone they've known for a few months but that is kind of what i have in my head so i can tell you that there was a marketing pitch somewhere when they were doing the concept of the show we need a jeweler mm-hmm. yeah okay and i don't know how but neil lane who has a 
store somewhere in Hollywood. Got the gig. Yeah. I mean, and it worked. The fact that it's in my brain and I haven't seen an there episode of Bachelor there's, in there's a, a decade, that's what I think of. The great marketing. Yep. Well, that's what this podcast is going to do for you, Fred. We have just as large of a reach as that show. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to be the second most famous gemologist. <laughs> Who are the gemologist celebrities other than him? Are there any Yeah, who's other the Mount Rushmore? Ones? Who's the Michael Jordan of gems? You know, in, in our world, uh, if you're asking across the board professionally, it would be the guys who established GIA or the American Gym Labs, you know, in New York, which is my go-to preference for color stone grading mm-hmm. reports. And um, so, you know, th- those guys and nobody's ever heard of them. Most of them are not even alive anymore. Gotcha. But... um. RIP. But yeah. I have total faith but that with this podcast, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll you'll be, be up there. I'll be the goat. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be it. Do, here's a question you may or may not know the answer to. Do a lot, I, was one, I was thinking about this the other day. I've just bought an engagement ring for the first time. Hopefully only time. Um, <laughs> Your first engagement ring? Did yeah, I, why did I say it that way? Yikes. Uh <laughs> Wow. When people die, I like to start most Jeez. of my questions. Okay, where's this when going? When people die, do they often get buried with their engagement rings? No. Or usually not? This is one of the things I love about the business. So, so many things in life wear out, whether, you know, it, it's a car or a boat or a cabin or um, so many things in, in your family. But what I love about jewelry is it becomes heirloom status in your family yeah and i love when when somebody comes to me and goes this was my great great grandmother's and i inherited it and i need a new appraisal on it yeah which also (laughs) reminds me of another story yeah oh is this the one that you told me oh my gosh yeah this is crazy so i had a woman come in with an amazing amazing staff uh Amazing sapphire ring. And um, this is when I was working for a store. And I was coming in because I had an appointment somewhere. And the gentleman that took the ring in to have it, the stone was loose. And um, he goes, man, you got to see this ring. It, um, it has an appraisal on it. It's 40 years old for $60,000. Well, I was, you know, just knowing that it was colored stone that old from Europe, you know, I'm doing the conversion in my head and I'm thinking this thing's easy, probably going to appraise for six figures and I hadn't seen it. So I go and um, take it out of the envelope and it's impressive. It's got diamonds around it. You can tell it's at least a hundred years old just by the style and the way it was made. And, um, I stick it under the microscope, and in five seconds, I can tell that it's lab-grown. Oh, no. And it's her heirloom. And it's her heirloom from her great-grandmother. So her great-grandma was a fraud. And, uh, or was it? Or, or was she? You know, I, I'm looking at a real ring. I'm, I'm looking at real diamonds. I'm looking at a real sapphire. I want to remember this is lab-grown, but it's real. Mm-hmm. But it's man-made, so we get into that supply-demand 
you know. Yeah, but she very she would never she didn't know that. <clears throat> she thinks she brings it in and says this she knows is my it's reel. legit, and she's got paperwork, and she said there are other appraisals that go back before that. So other people have looked at it and said this is real. Correct. And I'm looking at it now. So the value has instantly gone from $60,000 at take-in, which is what this jeweler signed it in for, which is a legal issue, you know. Yeah. Which is another whole can of worms. And um, I'm looking at it going, all right, now, now I've, got to, I've got to go to the owner and say, we have a situation here. Yeah. And I have to tell you because <laughs> it's it's serious. Yeah. And um and I, I jokingly asked him if is your liability policy <laughs> up to date. Right. And he goes, No, why? And and I said, Because we took a stone in that we signed in as being a lot more valuable than it is. We signed it in as being a $60,000 stone and it's worth a few thousand dollars at best. It was a large stone. It was eight or nine, nine carats and it was gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. And he goes, well, um, I want you to call her. <laughs> of course, of course. And you tell her. Yeah. And so I called the lady and I said, um, you know, is there any way you can come in and um, mm-hmm. tell her I, her face. I, I, I did I didn't meet you. I just knew it would be something, you know, personal to tell somebody and, in person yeah. for a lot of reasons. And she said, um, just tell me what's going on. And I said, well, I'm the gemologist and everyone was bragging on how beautiful this ring was. And so I stuck it under the microscope and I just wanted to make you aware that it is a sapphire but it's a man-made sapphire and it doesn't state that on your appraisal. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> it's worth a lot less money. Yeah. And she she senses it and and she goes, "Well, what are you saying?" And I said, "Well, a, a man-made stones um not going to be worth sixty thousand dollars and and she exploded and i don't i don't blame her um, in, in anger in sadness and yeah, anger uh, and, yeah. she, and she goes she goes i don't know who you are fred dollar fred dollar if that's your even your Let real name over. i don't know who you are fred dollar and i don't know why you were even looking at my ring but i've got paperwork that goes back to my great-grandmother she was a very important person and Great Britain and on the Titanic. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, um, and she goes, I don't believe a word you're saying. And I said, well, I wouldn't either. Yep. And I said, so here's what we need. That's what I was going to get to. And I said, here's what we need to do. We need to send this to American gym labs, New York. Let's let them make the call. And we will pay for shipping. We will insure it, but don't believe me. Mm-hmm. And so we sent it up there, and they call me the day after they got it and said, "Why are you sending us a synthetic stone?" Yeah. Oh gosh. So you and, got the um, news you expected. I did, and so you know, 
she unloaded on me on the phone for about five minutes, and I just, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And, um, you know, she said, you better have a good lawyer, blah, blah, blah. She was going to sue you for looking at her diamond? Um, her she goes, sapphire, sapphire? She goes, you switched my stone. Oh, uh, she thought you switched it. You stone switcher. And I said, well, everything's on video. Oh, that's the okay. good. We did learn that in Uncut Gems. Yes, video everything. <laughs> um, but please come in and let me let me show you in person what I'm talking about, and let's let's talk about it further. So she came in the next day. She was still hot when she came in, and um, and I said, you know, she came in with her appraisals, and she goes, I've got three or four appraisals here that go back almost a hundred years and nobody's ever called this a synthetic stone. And they also had photos on the appraisal and measurements. And I said, well, let me prove to you first of all, that I haven't switched the stone. Yeah. Let's get that out of okay, the way. Okay, So let's get that out of the way. And I said, as far as a lawyer is concerned, I don't, I don't suggest you do that because you have a, um, you have a stone that you have insured. Oh, right. She's been insuring it for the amount that it's not worth. Correct. Which is fraud. Right. And I said, I said, listen, this is an amazing ring. This is an amazing stone. The stone is without a doubt over a hundred years old, even though it's man-made. And, um, I said, you should still be you know, she kind of un unloaded her gun. She was listening to me. And um, I said, you should, you should love this ring because it was your great-grandmother's. And you and I are the only ones that know. Okay, every, everything's confidential with me anyway. And now us and all of our listeners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. But I haven't well, said, her, said her name. We don't know names. We don't know names. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know names. And, um, and she, she started crying. And... Um, and I said, you know, listen, all of this is okay to, you know, please don't cry. You'll make me start crying. And she goes, well, there's um, six or seven other rings. She goes, there's six other rings. And I kind of went, oh, oh no. And um, I said, I said, let's do this. Bring the rings in. Let me look at them. I won't charge you, but, but just let me look at them. And so she came back the next day. The good news is everything, all of them were natural stones. Natural other, other sapphires. Other than that one? And, and that one was like five times bigger than all the other ones. The other ones were two, three, four carat stones. This thing was eight or nine carats. Yeah. Gorgeous and beautiful, but man-made. So I said, I got great news for you. You know, these are all, these are all natural stones. And um, so it ended up, you know, it, on a happy note. I mean, um, it was sad that I had to tell her that, but I had to tell her. Right. You know, a moral obligation to. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, ethically, it's it's what I'm, it's what I do. And um, so that was, you know, that was a, that was a wild ride there. So if the synthetic one was appraised. For sixty grand, which probably would have been you know a ton more if it was natural. What about the other five or six rings? What did those? So I, I actually value? did run those numbers. So the, so that ring 
even with even with that stone, if I remember, it was five or six thousand dollar appraisal. Mm. But it looked like in today's in today's market, if that were a natural stone, it would have easily been several hundred thousand dollars, without a doubt. Yeah, and nobody would ever know without sticking it under a microscope. Mm. You know that knew what to look for. Well, this is a fascinating world that I know nothing about. Absolutely. And you helped me so much through the process of buying my first engagement ring, uh, which I really appreciate. And thanks for sharing a lot of your wisdom on here. I think we, we, we've learned that the people who listen to our podcast like to learn about stuff they don't know about. And this is something that no one knows about. So, Fred, if people want to follow you and get in touch with you, what are the best ways? If they're in love and don't know what to do about it, who should they call? Or if they have synthetic grandma stones. If they have some grandma stones they want checked out. <laughs> Preferably if they want to get engaged or anniversary <laughs> to birthday. But I'm happy to do appraisals too. My number is 404-202-7422. 404-202-7422. And that's well, your direct line? That's my direct line. And if you lose the number, run up to Andrew. Or if you just like the podcast and want to let him know, you can just give him a call. He'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah is there a website anything just alright I do everything by appointment um, I've never wanted to be the biggest the biggest jeweler on the planet yeah I have wanted to do the best job so yeah Fred's phone number you heard it here first first <laughs> podcast you've ever said your phone number on I bet it is that's awesome well Fred is awesome I can speak from experience he helped me through those kind of tough decisions trying to figure out how to buy something expensive that I know nothing about so thank you for doing that and for being on our podcast so thanks for having me um anybody wanting to to do this process i have an office in buckhead all you need to do is call me and make an appointment and that's where it starts and i'll be glad to help you i love it we got one last question oh yeah and your emails what do you sign off with do you go uh, thank you uh you're the best graciously what is the what is your go-to great stones great stones. Like, what do you what do you say <laughs> stone happy stoning one of the things we like to do on this podcast is find out how people sign off their emails because we think the name of this podcast is no worries if not because i struggle and aaron struggles with being assertive in emails so to sign off of the podcast we ask you know what's your email sign off a lot of people say thank you andrew best andrew graciously what's your what's your go-to there or do you mix it I, up every I, time? I str- yeah, I, I have several. You know, I get people stoned to call me. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's what perfect. I was, I knew it was something around there. Yeah. So, like right. when I do video stuff, I'd be like, I'd love to shoot you, you know, because it's a video camera. Yeah. Well, a little pun. There was a photographer that um, I knew years ago, and he uh, he had a T-shirt. It was so cool. It said, um, I shoot people, then I blow them up. Oh, gosh. It's great. <laughs> perfect. Well, Fred Dollar, Um, thanks for getting us stoned, and we'll call you. (laughs) Perfect.